Blog Talk Radio. Hi everyone, this is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and I can't start today's show without talking about the ISO 10002. You know, some people just love to complain, but companies have a responsibility to care. The International Organization for Standardization, ISO, has revised ISO 10002, the standard for complaint handling. This document enables organizations to foster a customer-focused environment, open the feedback, heightening their customer satisfaction. You can get the ISO 10002 standard from the American National Standards Institute, ANSI, the U.S. member body of ISO. Visit ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. That's ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now... Welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 13 years now, we've been asking the franchipreneurs all in one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. We're meeting with Joni Brownstein of the Art Recovery Technologies Franchise Opportunity. And Art Recovery Technologies can quickly assess, recover, and return your artwork and collectibles to pre-loss condition. They specialize in the recovery of many types of art, including antiques, photographs, family heirlooms, keepsakes, paintings, mosaics, taxidermy, and much more. We'll talk to Joni about that in just a moment on Franchise Interviews. So stick around because we have a great show. Are you one of those special people who are willing to go after your dreams and goals? Are you ready to fulfill that dream of owning your own business with the security of a proven brand? The opportunity to take control of your future and own a Rita's Italian Ice franchise is within your reach. Rita's is seeking success-oriented individuals who are ready to make a change in their life, and Rita's offers unparalleled training and support to assure your success. And did you know the frozen treat industry is a recession-proof industry and there are Rita's in 23 states currently with 540 stores open. Rita's Italian Ice has been around for 25 years and is listed as a top-performing franchise by the Wall Street Journal. Now here's the really good part. Rita's Italian Ice is a unique and amazing taste treat. It's smoother than a snow cone and it combines ice with real fresh fruit. The real fruit adds dramatically to the taste and it comes in over 40 flavors. The ice and fruit are mixed on site and made fresh daily and it is delicious. You'll want to know more about this exciting and successful franchise opportunity. Go to www.ownaritas.com and get all your questions answered. That's www.ownaritas.com to take control of your dreams and future today. 
You don't want to wait any longer to be a part of this adventure. www.ownaritas.com Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 13 years now, we've been asking the Franchipreneurs who own one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. Well, we're meeting with Joni Brownstein of the Art Recovery Technologies Franchise Opportunity. And Art Recovery Technologies can quickly assess, recover, and return your artwork and collectibles to pre-loss condition. They specialize in the recovery of many types of art, including antiques, photographs, family heirlooms, keepsakes, paintings, mosaics, taxidermy, and much more. Let's go right into our interview with Joni of the Art Recovery Technologies Franchise Opportunity. I'd like to ask our guest, where are you calling from, uh, Joni? We are calling from sunny Colorado. Oh, nice. And I guess it's sunny there today, huh? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, Colorado. I've, I've only been there once, Joni, but um, I was up in Breckenridge for a couple of weeks, and I remember having a headache because it was so high, you know, that it was oh, just, yeah. uh, that when I came back, I felt like I had all this energy, you know, so it, it's it's such a it's such a great place. So, but that's wonderful. Um, maybe we can kind of go to the beginning, Joni. You no, know, you could talk a little bit about or describe the concept of art recovery technologies, because this is a really interesting concept. We've done 700 shows up to this point, and this is, this is a little bit different than all the other concepts we've interviewed. Oh, well, I'm glad to to be the first to share this. So at Art Recovery Technologies, we restore art and collectibles that have been damaged by smoke, fire, water, vandalism. And so we understand the sentimental and emotional connections that people have to their art and to their family heirlooms and other keepsakes. And often these items cannot be replaced. So most of our work comes from insurance adjusters and mitigation contractors who have come upon damaged artwork while on a job. And our mission at ART is to professionally guide our clients and most importantly the homeowners who have experienced the calamity through the entire process from pickup to delivery. And a big part of our why, speaking only for Art of Colorado here in Denver, right. is the enjoyment we receive in bringing positive surprises to families who have experienced a very challenging event, a fire, a flood, or wow. along those lines. So I think of us as the ER of art restoration. We see everything wow. from Target or Walmart art all the way up to private collections in Aspen and Boulder. So our team has a lot of experience day in and day out, mm-hmm. and regardless of the monetary value, we treat each piece of art as if it were priceless, because yeah. these are valuable memories that are important uh, to our clients, and we want them to enjoy these memories for generations to come. How did this whole concept come about, Joni? I mean, who, who's like the founder of, the, you know, of this concept? Because it is, it's very interesting. Well, our franchisor, Art Recovered, Recovery of Technologies started, I guess, about 20, 25 years ago in Livonia, Mm -hmm. Michigan. And he started to see a lot of 
uh, insurance adjusters who would reach out to him and say, I've got some art. Do you, can you restore this? So right. he recognized that there's a need for this, and it definitely mm-hmm. is a niche business. So, um, as I said, our clients are insurance adjusters and contractors. So uh, right. that's probably about 90% of our business. And then we also have walk-ins, uh, people okay. who find us on the web, and uh, so we, we restore those as well. At, at what point, Joni, did um, a, <clears throat> Art Recovery Technologies, they decide to franchise this concept? Because I guess it makes sense. I mean, it's something that's teachable. You know, you can teach people, of course, how to do this, you know, and, and now you have the brand name going. But th- at what point did you decide to franchise? Well, about when we moved from California to Denver about four years ago, we were looking for something to invest in. Um, right. We thought, should we buy a business? Should we buy a franchise? Should we invest in real estate? What should we do? So um, we worked with a franchise consultant, and uh, we went through a lengthy interview process where he mm-hmm. – had questionnaires for us to fill out so we could figure out really what our why was and do we want to do this and is this a good fit so this was three years ago when we bought our franchise and i believe the company had started selling a few years before that what are some of the most interesting projects that you know you've you've worked on i'm sure there's there's a number of them you know we could probably spend an hour or two talking about them but does anything stand out Oh, absolutely. Uh, One claim we worked on was a residential fire, and the homeowner had about 70 pieces of taxidermy. And these pieces were beautifully mounted and hung all throughout this great, rustic, great room. And the homeowner had hunted these animals back in Alaska, wildcats, buffalo, deer, and the like, and brought them back to Denver and fashioned every one of them himself into these amazing taxidermy pieces and some were even posed in natural settings with grasses and sticks of wood and such and during our pack out at his home the owner and creator of these pieces he was watching Mm -hmm. very carefully as we brought the animals down from the wall and carefully put them in our truck to bring back to our shop to restore so that was a really good feeling we had earned his trust and he was grateful that we treated his collection with the same degree of respect that he treated his collection Right. And there was another job that we had. It was a water loss deep into Mm -hmm. the Rocky Mountains. And this was at an elevation of about 9,000 feet. It was a large, beautiful home, a really peaceful retreat. And the owner's artwork collection, it had a little bit of everything, paintings, statues, books. And the proud owner took us around. And upon seeing a large painted portrait in this ornate gold frame, one of our restorers said, oh, Joshua Reynolds. And the painting was of Sir Joshua Reynolds, who was a, wow. Reynolds, who was a well-known and influential, influential painter in the 1700s. Right. As, and all of our restorers are credentialed artists, and they have bachelor degrees in art. And so this right. comment instilled an immediate trust with the homeowner, and she knew right away that her collection was in good hands. As our restorers, they also talk art verbiage, and they're, mm-hmm. they enjoy working in an industry where they can use their art degree. So anyway, we went on to work closely with the owner to bring this gorgeous painting and frame back to its former glory. And it's one of our favorite before and afters on our Instagram page. That's amazing. It's, it's interesting to me, Joni, you know, in, in talking to you about the concept, is, you, know, you wonder sometimes if, 
everybody even knows like this type of service exists, you know what I mean? Cause I, as I mentioned to you, you know, we've never had this type of concept on the show before, you know, like you wonder if people just say, okay, well, this is what it is and it's damaged and I'll never be able to do anything with it. But, um, I can imagine it's it's a feel good experience at the end of the day. I mean, how thankful uh, your clients are, you know, as you said, these are pieces that are very sentimental. And um, uh, so it gives you the opportunity, of course, making money while doing something really spectacular at the same time, you know? Absolutely. Um, And it's just really fascinating. So maybe you could talk a little bit about your background, Joni. You know, I mean, how did you get into art recovery technologies? Well, speaking my background, um, when the kids were young, I was in the nonprofit space. I did a lot of volunteer work uh, while mm-hmm. raising our two children back in California. Mm-hmm. And this was an amazing experience and probably the best thing I ever did. Uh, there is a lot of leadership opportunity in the volunteer space. Um, if mm-hmm. you're willing to work hard, they are right. looking actively for people to take on these leadership roles. Right. So that helped tremendously. And uh, way back in the Stone Age, when <laughs> before we had kids, <laughs> I was an administrative assistant at an investment bank in New York. Wow. So uh, sort of an operations type, you know, managing that sort of thing. I, I knew I would probably be good at because I – I had the administrative experience and also the leadership experience just in, you know, the 10 years I worked in, in uh, volunteer work. Right. So that, uh, that is my background. And my husband, Paul, uh, my husband and co-owner, he uh, has a background in sales in the financial right. markets. So he has no problem picking up the phone, knocking on doors, and That's educating, great. as you mentioned before, it's an industry not a lot of people know is available. Right. So there is a lot of educating we have to do of our clients and get right. out there and let them know, here's what we do, here we are. So between Paul's sales experience and actually enjoy, enjoys mm-hmm. getting out in front of people and, and talking and introducing himself and my administrative background, we thought this mm-hmm. would be a very good fit for us. Are, are you surprised, you and your husband surprised? Like, I mean, if I said, had a conversation with you 20 years ago and said, you know, you would be doing something like this, I mean, w- would it surprise you? Or, or did you and your husband always have this, you know, kind of idea in the back of your head that, you know, one day you wanted to go into your own business? Yeah, it was kind of, uh, you know, in, in the back of our heads for sure. Mm-hmm. We were thinking, gosh, when we move to Denver, let's make a change. Let's do something together. And right. so this was this was a great chance for us to do that when we were still in california one of our neighbors had bought a franchise and i Mm -hmm. remember paul bought a book at that time called the educated franchisee by rick bizio Mm -hmm. and uh this was before we even thought about doing this and uh he read the book and he actually called rick turns out that rick is a uh consultant so when we moved out to denver paul pulled the book out and it's like you know what i'm going to get in touch with him so he helped guide us through the process and we, you know, finally realized that this could be a good fit for us. And then mm-hmm. once we met the corporate office back in Livonia, Michigan, we just liked what we saw. And we liked the idea of a franchise because it offers you a blueprint and a model to right. follow. Right. So it kind of takes a little bit of the risk off in terms of at least you've right. got someone supporting you, giving you the tools you need, the software, all the forms. You know, this is what you need to do to set up your business. This is what you need to do now. So it kind of really gives you a step-by-step process of how to successfully build a business. So that was appealing to us. One of the um, 
questions we've been asking, Joni, I mean, since, as you know, you know, since March, you know, is, is one of the themes has been, of course, you know, coronavirus. How have you been able to navigate and help your customers despite COVID? Well, our company and category of restoration and recovery is is well positioned for these times. Um, mm-hmm. We were deemed yeah. an essential business by the CDC and state governments, so we were able to stay open. But it wasn't without mm-hmm. its challenges. Um, right. as keeping our team safe was the major goal. So back in the spring, when there were a lot of unknowns, Paul and I spent a lot of time educating ourselves and our restorers on best practices to keep our shop clean. And corporate was a huge help on this front, our franchisor, as they were sending out emails daily to help us navigate when the shutdown first began. So we did a lot of communicating with our team, and we had our restorers alternate shifts in the lab. And two, we're even able to work from home, focusing on social media and digital restoration, because we didn't want a lot of people in the lab at the same time early on in the pandemic. And we also gave each restorer a week off, um, paid time off, and we alternated the weeks to give them each some time to prepare and adjust to this Mm -hmm. new environment. And it definitely paid off as none of us, as far as we know, have gotten COVID. Two of our restorers got tested when they had symptoms, but thankfully they both tested negatives. And I also want to mention that we've always masked and gloved gloved when Mm -hmm. we visit burnt out or flooded homes. So the move towards face coverings and social distancing was not a big challenge for us. But we definitely intensified our uh, sanitation measures Mm -hmm. for high-touch areas like doorknobs and handles, tables, chairs, phones. And we provide masks and sanitizer for walk-ins as well. And we require um, a mask always when someone enters our shop. And now we schedule walk-in appointments. Right, and curiously, right. our foot traffic from web searches has increased yeah. a lot. It's at least <sighs> doubled as I think a lot more people are at home and perhaps right. tackling some of those long-forgotten tasks that they now have time to do. So That's we are seeing a lot of tear repairs and nicotine removals on paintings as well wow. as digital restoration on photographs. And our restorers love walk-ins because they tend to be one-offs and they're fun to restore. So we've had quite a few broken collectibles and sculptures we've put back together recently. So we truly are, I think, uh, you know, recession-proof, and I don't want to say Mm COVID-proof, but well-positioned for a challenging time like this. How was the uh, learning curve, Joni, when you dove into the world of art, and what tools did you use to mitigate any of these challenges that came your way? Well, the art world... Paul and I have always had an appreciation for art, but we are by no means artists. And so um, it is fun and challenging to learn. Um, But our restorers are amazing, and the corporate team really did a great job of showing us the ropes, as I mentioned the blueprint before. Um, One thing that was super helpful for us was to put a lot of thought into our first hire. And she is our lead restorer, and she's been with us since we opened three years ago. Wow. And she was experienced to start with, so that was awesome. And then we also yeah. used corporate's guideline for, you know, the ad to place to, to get new hires. And we put the ad out. We, we get about at least 50 resumes uh, coming in from people wow. with art degrees who want to work in their field. A lot of right. them work at Starbucks or other places because, as you know, art is a calling, and it's, it's right. not easy to find a job in that field. Sure. So, um Corporate has been great, uh, and they've been really helpful showing us how to do it and leading us. 
And uh, so that sort of makes it a lot easier, and we learn as we go. So that works out well. You spoke about interesting projects that you've worked on over the years, Joni. Uh, do you have any, like, I guess you could say, most memorable experiences working with Art Recovery Technologies? Yeah, yeah, we do. Actually, before COVID, the whole team, we'd go out to lunch or dinner together. Yeah. We would go to the Denver Museum. We'd do a charity wow. bowling event. So those get-togethers were always really fun. Yeah. And one great memory in particular was when our restorers got together and bought a small charcoal grill, which they set up outside of our shop, and they cooked hot right. dogs on the grill and brought salads from home. And it was just a great, a great dinner. And building a wow. team with a positive culture, as you know, is a constant challenge. Right. And so this right. meal that we all shared together is a special memory. It meant you know, we are doing some things right. Yeah. And another no, one actually wonderful. was in, yeah, okay. another great memory was last December. And our holiday gift from our restorers was an Art of Colorado logo that they painted on our office oh, wow. wall. And wow. they took our logo and they incorporated the blue and orange colors of Colorado. And we absolutely love that. And it's, you know, something they took their talents and did for us. And so that is absolutely a special memory. And we used it as a backdrop for our team picture for holiday cards last year. Oh, that's wonderful. It really shows an appreciation from your customers, right? I mean, they paid you, and but here they still felt it wasn't enough, you know what I mean? So they had to <laughs> give a little bit more, you know, because uh, as you said, the service that um, you provide is, is really so important to, to your customers. I, I think that's an amazing story, Joni. Do you have any... Um, Quick tips for someone become their own boss, Joni, uh, that can, you know, as you know, I mean, there's, I think the last time I looked, I think they said there was like 3,700 different types of franchise systems out there. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's a lot to choose from, you know, so like from everything you've learned up to this point, what advice would you give to our listeners? I, we, Paul and I would highly recommend working with a top tier franchise consultant mm-hmm. as we did yeah. with Rick Bizio. Yeah. <laughs> Another plug yeah. for Rick, but he was awesome. Sure. And yeah. the learning process and the lengthy questionnaire that he had us complete really helped us to figure out, you know, is this the right move for us? Right. So there were many phone calls and discussions and he led us through the whole thing, not pushy at all, but just, right. said, just go through the whole process. You don't have to say yes, mm-hmm. but just go through it. And that was that was very powerful for us. And um, he took in all that we told him we were looking for, flexibility, the ability to work from home. We didn't want right. to be, you know, uh, uh, you know, business to customer. We wanted business to business. So he took all of that and narrowed it down to three options, which was perfect for us because if wow. you have too many, then it's a little overwhelming. Right. So one of them was Art Recovery Technologies, and we kept coming back to it, and here we are three years later. So I would – I would suggest that. Work with a consultant, right. um, read as much as you can, and uh, find the right business for you. And as you said, with over 3,700 or whatever it is, yeah. there's a lot to choose from. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's been a common theme on the show, Joni, you know, over the last you know, 13 years. is you know, We find that a lot of um, our listeners who have worked with consultants, they end up buying a franchise that they had no idea that they would ever get into. You know what I mean? Like they may have. I know exactly what you mean. Yes. Right. Exactly. You you probably, you know, you, you you might've been surprised that this is, you know, the industry that was a a perfect match for you, you know, and, and it's, it's just so interesting to me that, you know, sometimes, you know, our listeners will end up like in a a window cleaning franchise or something, something that they never even imagined, you know, and it wasn't Mm -hmm. their initial thought. And, um, you know, I, I think it's such a powerful story 
story that that you just chose. So so how do you believe that you know your background and Paul's background again helped you equip you to operate a franchise? You kind of mentioned some of them. Yeah, I think for me, working in the nonprofit space was yeah. an absolute game changer. Um, yeah. Like I said, there's leadership opportunities if you can, you know, build up some of your confidence through taking mm-hmm. on, you know, any challenge that comes your way, no matter how small. You know, take it on. You learn from it. You become stronger and more confident. And so, you know, being in the working world just helped us with that just naturally. And Paul in sales, we thought, well, we want to work together, and he can put his expertise in sales together, right. and I can do my administrative stuff. And here we are. So it, uh, you know, it worked out really well. And I think anyone who has worked hard or had a goal or worked towards something you know, with the right background with a franchisor, it's not as intimidating as you think it's going to be. And, you know, yeah. it, it can be very successful and rewarding, and it is. Where, where also, do you I just see want to say one oh, other thing. Oh, go ahead, Jordan. Go ahead. Um, my parents were small business owners, and they were always oh, they able were. to build okay. a great culture. Yes, they built some real wow. estate companies. And their mantra always was treat your employees well and treat your team well mm-hmm. because they're the core of your business, and we've tried yeah. to do that. And if your team is happy and satisfied day in and day out, that's an intangible that people can feel, you know, from the owners we encounter on packouts to the adjusters and contractors we come across. So always keep that in mind that your team is the so most important. important part of your business. That's great. Where do you see you and Paul see yourself three years down the road, Johnny, or five years down the road? I, I'm sorry, of course, doing this, you know, but I mean, it, where do you see yourself? Yeah, well, we're three years in. We have a five-year lease on our space and a 10-year term with our franchise agreement. So we'll probably be expanding into a larger space and continuing to build the company, perhaps uh, hire a salesperson as well to help Paul. And um, that's that's where we see it going and keep building and growing. And, uh, yeah. So that's wonderful. It's, it's, it, we've got we've got a time frame and a good plan for it. So I think we're we feel pretty confident. Yeah, it sounds it does. It sounds like I mean this was a a, a perfect match. You know, I mean for for you and Paul. You know, I mean um, in, in looking for a franchise. You know, and I, and I like the whole and Rick Bizio. I think he might have been on our show. I, I, his name sounds so familiar to me. You know, his name has come across our show probably like mm-hmm. you know, five or six times, you know, so yeah. he does, he has that brand name going for him in franchising, you know, so I, I think that was a good choice in, in, in certainly working with him. How can um, our listeners, Joni, get more information on Art Recovered Technologies as, of course, you know, the franchise opportunity or even like the service itself? Are there any um, websites that you can kind of direct them to for more information? Sure. So our corporate website is um, art-us.com. Okay. And that will lead you to, uh, in, you know, information on becoming a franchise owner. Everything is on that website. Uh, that would be a great first place to look. Okay. And then we're in Centennial, Colorado. So our, our business itself, we cover the entire state of Colorado. So we wow. are on Facebook and Instagram. We have a lot of our before and afters, which we're super proud of. And that would be art underscore of underscore Colorado. That's terrific. Well, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed talking to you, Joni, and I'd already like to invite you back over the next couple of years, you know, because uh, just to see where you're at, you and Paul, you know, and, and, and watch the business grow, because uh, this, this has been a wonderful interview. Well, thanks, Marty. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. This has been my pleasure, Joni. We'll be right back with more franchise interviews. 
Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? For over eight years, Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising, where each podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, we've been hosting Franchise Interviews many years now, and during that time we've had some incredible quotes on the show. Today you're going to get to hear from Joseph Berger, and Joseph is the president of You Got Maze, and Joseph said something on the show that we haven't heard, interesting enough, in 650 shows. He described franchising as an open book, but we're going to let Joseph explain why, so here we go. You were kind of like, I guess you could say you're almost like born into franchising, Joseph. I mean, you've been exposed to it, it seems like, most of your life. Um, what do you What do you like most about franchising? Yeah, and you're right. I ha- I've been around franchising for a while. I I I, st- I like to tell people I started when I was seven. I started answering phones and folding boxes at Domino's. Worked at started at twenty five cents an hour with a free soda, uh, as much as I could drink, and worked up from there. Uh, and what I love about it, what we do, uh, I, I see where entrepreneurship, where small business ownership, has helped my family. You know, my right. my dad's from yeah. Northeast Philly, uh, row homes. Uh, my mom wasn't much better off, and they've been able to really just turn their, you know, turn their stars around right. and right. build a really good life for all of us. And I love working with franchisees because I, I get to be a part of them doing that for their family, and that's just inspiring every right. day. That's yeah, it's inspiring what you just said, Joseph. Because you know, I know that area, you know, of Philadelphia. I get down to Philly, you know, every so often, and and I think you're right. You know, it's it's one of the things that impresses me too, Joseph, is that you know, a lot of people, I think they want to get into entrepreneurship, but they don't know how to, right? And I think franchising, you know, allows them that ability to become an entrepreneur, doesn't it? Absolutely. One of the things I like, we like to say in the process is like, you know, imagine you have to t- you have to take a really hard test, and this test determines like everything. Right. But you know, if you're with if you're doing it with a franchise, it's open book. Right. We've already made right. the mistakes. We've already found the opportunities. We've we've laid out all the processes, uh, and we hone it every day. I mean, all of our our new idea we still are updating. It's never going to be done. Uh, we're getting all of our great ideas from our franchisees now. But you can start off with that rather than you know opening your doors and like how how do I get maids? How do I get clients? Right. How do I keep them? Right. That's terrific. I've never heard that analogy in, in 650 shows, Joseph, but it makes sense. You know, I like how you, you called franchising an open book, you know, because you're right. You know, when a lot of people do get into entrepreneurship, you know, there's there's a lot of things that they just don't know, you know, and they make a lot of mistakes. And, um, you know, sometimes that mis- some of those mistakes, 
you know, are detrimental to, you know, their business. So, um, you know, to call it an open book, I, I think that's, I think that's really very clever. If you'd like to hear that whole interview with Joseph Berger of You Got Maids, all you have to do is go to FranchiseInterviews.com, simply go to our Franchise Interviews by Category page, and go to our Cleaning category, or you can simply go to our Franchises Listed Alphabetically page. And lastly, we just want to thank everyone for making this podcast, our Great Quotes of Franchising podcast, such a big hit. And we'll see you again soon with another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising from Franchise Interviews. Take care, everyone. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews.